It's time for the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener podcast. Join in on the conversation as three friends discuss socially relevant topics in view of biblical truth, where scripture meets skepticism. Welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Michelle, and Cheryl. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning back into our show. So we're really excited to discuss what I would say all three of us are really excited about, and that's the topic of boundaries, personal boundaries, you know, and we, we think it's really important to discuss what they are and what they're not. There's a lot of confusion around that. We have learned personally, and we find others struggle with that. Why are they important? That's another thing people um, probably don't really know why they need boundaries. A lot of times people feel if they assert themselves and they set boundaries, that they're being mean. That's a, that's a common response. And so we're going to kind of talk through a little bit of that. And then what are some of the challenges that people face? What challenges have we, the three of us, you know, face when it comes to personal boundaries and the need for them in our own lives? I know um, I'm always being confronted with situations where I need to reassess things and set boundaries. So it's something that throughout our life we have to be aware of, know how to establish them, know how to enforce them, and then also be fluid enough to know how to grow with them and through them. Mm. So, yeah. So uh, I don't know what you, what you guys may want to contribute to to that. We should all jump in and talk about our experience with boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that, man, I, I swear every conversation I have with people, I I think the issues we discuss all end up drilling down to a boundary issue. So I think it's an incredibly important topic. Um, I know for myself personally, I never knew what they were growing up Mm -hmm. um, into my young adulthood. I never used them. I thought they were like you, like you mentioned, Stephanie, me, it would be mean for me to set a boundary and not do what you wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that being a good and compassionate person meant doing whatever everybody wanted and boundaries were, I guess, a bad thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So God, did I have to do a ton of work for several years to find out what they really are, build them up strongly, not feel guilty about them and learn to really be less in tune with what somebody else feels about them and more in tune with how, how I need my life to work. So yeah, yeah. Michelle, you want to share with us your, your experience with boundaries? Holy moly. Do you guys have it? <laughs> That's, I don't have it. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting, it took you years. I'm, I'm, Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't have boundaries. Beginning I, of the journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the very, very, very beginning because boundaries is a foreign word to me because I always thought boundaries was more of a tangible thing that you see, like a gate being put up around your house, <laughs> you know, like something that you could see and touch. You know, I, I never thought, I never heard of a boundary of yourself, of you, of, you know, me as a person. So that, that's all new. And, um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I I consider myself codependent. I consider myself a people pleaser. So for me, boundaries is extremely, extremely difficult. Um, I let, I've always let people walk all over me and, um, I've always just, yeah, I, I've, and it's sad because I have two kids, 22 and 23 actually and 19 and I didn't teach them boundaries and because uh, they've learned from me not to um, set up boundaries and so yeah I'm in the very beginning stages of it so I would love to know I have a lot of questions you know what are they um, and, and how do you get it <laughs> yeah, well, well why don't we start by answering that question what are they right mm-hmm. I would say most people don't know what they are or they confuse boundaries with other things mm-hmm. and I would say that all of us on this call we didn't know what they were either I don't think mm-hmm. you know people don't grow up in their families and, and and get taught what boundaries are and how to set them and we just don't mm-hmm. so um, I'm actually going to be reading out of a book entitled Better Boundaries by Jane Black and Greg Enns it's a fantastic I book. love this book 
Yeah, it's a fantastic it's book. It's like a textbook, I would say, for anyone that feels they want to learn more, I would strongly recommend getting it. So I have it. Book, yeah, we all have it. <laughs> uh, in this book, they define a personal boundary as a line you draw to protect all or a part of your life from being controlled, manipulated, fixed, misunderstood, abused, discounted, demeaned, diffused, or wrongly judged. Personal boundaries protect your life and preserve your highest potential so that your ultimate purpose can be joyfully and effectively fulfilled. Boundaries keep danger and harm out Ooh. of your life. So they are very important. Harm yep. can come from people, yep. places, or activities, or mm -hmm. it can come from internal beliefs and habits that are dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. um, and then just one last thing here, I think is important to read. Personal boundaries are a set of flexible and inflexible limits. So it's both that let good in and keep bad out. Mm. Get to draw a line around your life because it is your life. Kind of like what you were saying, Michelle, you picked your boundary as a fence. Well, in mm -hmm. a sense, it's an invisible fence, an emotional uh, set, uh, fence that we draw to protect ourselves. It says, uh, you are the guardian of your spirit, mind, and body the curator of your soul and identity and the keeper of your dreams. The choice is yours. The rights, privileges, and responsibilities of ownership belong to you because this is your life. So, I think the best way to look at a boundary is not a fence or a wall, but a screen door or a screen window. Okay. It lets air in that we need, but it keeps bugs out. Right, so things Ooh. can flow in and out, but mm -hmm. it, it still separates the good from the bad or the necessary from the unnecessary mm -hmm. or the useful so, from the drama. Right. Boundaries define and preserve your identity. They protect you from violators. They speak for you when you don't need to speak. They bring order to your life. They attract yeah. respectful relationships. They present and promote you the way you want to be shown and seen. They protect you from the control of others. They preserve your purpose and your mission. They protect your personal assets, your tangible assets that you don't want others to touch. And they satisfy your need for self-confirmation. They actually, it, it actually promotes um, confidence building because you can see the results immediately can you have boundaries if you don't have an identity if somebody doesn't really have like they don't really know who they are um can very challenging very challenging yeah. because yeah. how are you going to protect that exactly. which you don't know to protect right and i think that's my struggle i think that if, has it, been if it's not important why would you protect it yeah right and if you don't know what what part of it is important what what what's what are you protecting right and that that's been a struggle of mine like my whole life you know i've i've you know stephanie knows my story you know it's like my parents never really um gave me confidence or or gave me the tools to be confident it's always been negative negative and you know i'm stupid or just very negative growing up um harsh words and things like that so i've never really had a confidence my identity really has always been attached to like a negative uh, self-image of myself you know well that makes sense uh, you mm. know self-image <laughs> so um for me to have like an identity to protect it's like i never really thought that it never thought about it or um if i needed to protect myself it, it was in, not worth it or I, you know i'm not worth it type of well, yeah you, you, just, you just said the word worth it i was just thinking of the word yeah. self-worth oftentimes it's an issue of self-worth if a person doesn't yeah. at the root at the core of themselves believe that they're worthy to be uh protected or 
you know, validated or if, if, if a person in themselves do not, does not believe that they're valuable enough to stand up for right. themselves right. or protect the things about themselves or the things that they possess. Cause we, you read here, uh, Cheryl, that your personal property is also something that we need to protect too. So if a person doesn't value this, their self or their possessions, mm-hmm. then it's going to be very challenging because who else is going to protect Right. You? And especially if you grow up as a people pleaser, if you grow yeah. up uh, in a codependent yeah. way of viewing life where mm-hmm. your purpose is to serve and please others, you're not going to see a need to protect you because right. that's not your purpose. Your purpose is to please others. So, and if, you know, if, if you don't please others or try to protect yourself and that makes them uncomfortable or makes them mad mm-hmm. or makes them not like you, that, mm. that takes priority over self-preservation mm-hmm. for, for that, for a codependent person. Yeah. So the, the focus I, is off. Yeah. I, I can, I can share a personal uh, story. You know, when I first started to come into the knowledge and understanding of the need for boundaries in my life. I remember the moment I started to work with this understanding and it takes practice. You know, none of us learn this and, and we're experts the first time we start trying to set boundaries in our lives. But when I started moving in these ways, I do remember so many people in my life. This is what they would say to me. Oh, Stephanie, you're being selfish. Hmm. Really? I'm being selfish because I'm telling you what I need. And I'm telling you what I will and will not tolerate or what I will and will not permit. Mm-hmm. And I'm selfish for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I used to get people angry at me all the time. And so mm-hmm. I would just say, if you're somebody out there, you know, thinking to yourself, wow, I really need to get stronger in this skill. Cause it is a learned skill. Um, mm-hmm. I would just say, prepare yourself because you're most likely going to be hit with resistance, especially when you, if you've played a role of the enabler with people in your life who seek out enablers and all of a sudden you start to set boundaries with that individual, they're going to lash out. They may even, they may even leave the relationship, you know, whether it's a friend relationship or a, or a romantic relationship, uh, parent, if you set boundaries with your parents, they may not talk to you for a while. Um, there's a great saying, the only people who, who get mad and, and, uh, back (laughs) backlash against your boundaries are the people who were benefiting, benefiting from you Mm -hmm. not having any. So that's exactly what it is that way. The reason they're mad is because now their needs aren't getting serviced by you the way you used to. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what it is. That's exactly what it is. And oftentimes, a lot of times when people struggle with anger, I would say the first thing to really look at is where in your life are you not asserting yourself and setting boundaries for yourself? Because oftentimes a lot of inner anger and conflict can get resolved if we take a hard look at those areas in our life where we feel that we're taking care of ourselves and we're speaking up for ourselves. So I don't know, Michelle, do you want to maybe, I know you probably have some personal stories too there. Yeah, I mean, I do. I know it's like bringing back a lot of memories of like my childhood. I definitely, you know, uh, all right, I, I can give you an example. I, you know, my friend's father, you know, took advantage of me. I got away. He, uh, he tried to, I, I don't, I hate using that word, but he, he molested me and he tried to rape me, but I was able to get away. And it was because I was so um, like worried about not really worried about, but just more of like trying to please him, trying to make him, you know, like uh, trying to be overly friendly, like, Oh, you know, he was my friend's father and he was, um, alone. His wife died. Everyone moved out. And, and I just, you know, didn't have the confidence to like you know, set up a boundary to protect myself. It was more of, you know, Oh, you know, just having a conversation with him and then just him luring me into his yard, you know, just me not, you know, putting up a red flag, like something's going to happen, you know, why am I going with him? Like that, that's, you know, something that if I would have had the the skills of a boundary, then I wouldn't have went with him. You know, I would have protected myself. Um, I mean, that, that's, 
you know, just, I don't know, that came to mind. And then as far as today, you know, I have kids and it's like, I'm always worried about, you know, hurting their feelings. And then I get angry because I didn't set the boundary, you know, like I didn't, I didn't say whatever I needed to say to them. And then they take advantage of me and then I get angry and uh, lash out. But it's, it's all because of, that's the thing is me worrying about hurting somebody else's feelings, always worrying about them. Are they going to not like me? Are they going to, um, yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like, it, it's hard. You don't want people not to like you. I want everyone to like me. And, to, but it, to my own detriment, you know, I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Sure. Yeah. And, and there's no guarantee that they won't not like you or won't lash out at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they really do care about you and they value you and they respect mm-hmm. you, then mm-hmm. a true friend and a person who truly does love and care for you, they will honor your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because as we honor ourselves, those who love us will also honor us. And those who really are there to control us or manipulate us or to take from us in uh, inappropriate ways will mm-hmm. will end up moving away from your life. Right. And they have. And it's, that's, that's only, that's only one of the, the situations I've been in. Like pretty much when I was younger, there was a lot of other situations, you know, whereas I never stood up for myself to say, no, don't do that. That's not right. That's not, you're not supposed to do that. You know, because I've always had that not protect myself. I, I didn't know how to do that. I wasn't taught that. So, you know, having that as a foundation, it's why it's, it's, I've had a lot of different situations and it's always been them like, Oh, I don't want to make them mad. Meanwhile, they're hurting me. I'm always getting hurt, but I don't want to hurt them. I mean, ridiculous. You know, me saying it out loud, it, it sounds ridiculous. But. And there's probably a piece of you also saying, Oh, I can handle it. Or I don't need anyone. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think an attachment to that or an additional piece of that is, is kind of the self isolating um, entity where it's, I'll figure it out. So mm-hmm. I'd rather not say anything to them and disturb, you know, make them uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're willing to kind of go in a corner and heal rather than tell right. somebody that's not working for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any yeah. examples that maybe we could share of how we set a boundary successfully? Yeah, that would be great. I want to know how I could do that. Um, like how do I, I want to know how to teach my kids boundaries. I, is it too late? You know, 23 and no. 19, is it too no. late? No, okay. never. Good. It's a okay. skill. It would be like, is it ever too late to learn how to use Microsoft Word? No, you just have to be willing to be teachable. <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be teachable. A person has to be uh-huh. teachable. As we get older, uh-huh. people tend to become less teachable. Mm. I think one way that's really important in order to set a boundary is to really kind of change. If you've been resistant to doing it, it's because your belief system around what it is is off and you need yes. to change your belief system. So you, you really need to study what boundaries are. What It's also important to know what they're not. A boundary, yeah. for instance, is not a punishment for someone. Exactly. It's not an ultimatum, like do this or else. It is yep. not any of those things. And if you believe that they are, that's the reason why you're not setting them. Right. So if you can learn to believe what they really are and not, and not what, what you think they are, punishments, ultimatums, as Stephanie mentioned before, selfish and arrogant if you, if you exert a boundary. Um, it's not an unwillingness to help someone. If you set a boundary, that's not the same thing as saying, I don't care that you're in pain. Correct. Um, boundaries are not about the other person at all. Yep. It's about protecting yourself. So Ooh. it's not it's not a way of ruining someone else's life. It has nothing to do with the other person. If you right. can learn to see that boundaries are about you and what your limits are and what your capabilities are. Yep. And again, you wouldn't be able to set the boundary about around your limits or around your capabilities if you don't know what they are. If you don't mm-hmm. know who you are. Right? So knowing all these things, changing your beliefs about it is the first step in 
in uh, set it in building a boundary and and setting it in place and using it. Yeah, and and well, I like you know just to dovetail on what Cheryl's saying, what they're not. You know, they're not ultimatums. They're not. What was the other word you used? They're not ultimatums, and they're not uh, punishments. Words? Punishment. Okay. Now that said be aware that other people may interpret your boundary as an ultimatum, yes. as a punishment. So just because you understand, and I, and I agree with Cheryl that it's really important to really get our beliefs in order around boundaries, but be prepared that you can set a boundary for yourself that's healthy for you based on where you are emotionally, spiritually, and physically, okay? Because it's not just it's all, all of those areas of our life. Um, it doesn't mean that another person may not interpret your boundary as being selfish, as being, uh, oh, that's an ultimatum, or, oh, the, oh, you're punishing me? No, no, Ooh. this is my limit. This is what I need. This is as far as I can go emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. It doesn't mean it's a punishment to you. It, do, it, it doesn't mean that it's an ultimatum to you. It just this is as far as I am ready or able to go right now. Now that may change 20 years later, 10 years later, a week later. Boundaries can be fluid or they can be fixed. So mm-hmm. they're not always fixed and they're not always fluid. It depends on what it is. It depends on how our lives change. Look, for example, let me give you an example. Physically, I am challenged right now physically because of a back injury. Okay, there are things I'm not able to do. There are places I'm not able to go. Now, can people read that as, oh, Stephanie's not being loving or she's, not, she's, she's selfish because she doesn't want to come over and visit? Well, they may think that, but the reality is if I can't make it physically, then I have to say no. So that would be a very small little example. You know, mm. um, I remember when I used to live in New Jersey, when I was in my 20s, my family was all in Connecticut at the time and they always wanted me to travel home for the holidays. And I loved doing it. I loved it. Okay. But there were times because I was working 60 hour weeks, my weekends at that time, as I'm sure all of us who have gone through living on our own, supporting ourselves, weekends are like the only time you get to rest, catch up on sleep, do your chores and so on. There, there came a point where I had to say no a few times. Didn't happen a lot, but I do recall probably a a couple of times where I had to say, no, I'm not physically able to get there because I'd have to turn around and come right back to be at work that Monday. And physically, I couldn't take two days to get up there, you know, celebrate with everybody and then turn around and come back. It was just too much. And I remember people getting very mad at me and my family, you know? And, you know, I, I, I first came into, uh, contact with this whole notion of boundary setting when I worked on a cancer documentary in college. And one of the, the medical doctors, actually several of the doctors and a few of the um, psychiatrists were saying that they've, they've discovered a connection, you know, a mind-body connection, that people who have a hard time saying no, people who are people pleasers, always doing, 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 they noticed that they would have higher rates of cancer. And for whatever reason, that stuck in my mind. And that's when I began to look at my life and say, wow, do I do that? Am I, am I someone who says yes all the time? And I'll, I'll be honest, at that time, I was. I was definitely a yes, 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 yes person. And it was well, very difficult to learn to say no. I mean, that, that is part of the process, too, I would say, is learning to say no in a loving way and then being okay when people don't like it. That's tough, you know? Yeah. What if you suffer from FOMO? I suffer from fear of missing out. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's hard. It's like, you know, that's why another reason why I have such a hard time saying no, because it's like, even if I'm like exhausted or, and also like anxiety, I have anxiety issues. So it's, it's so difficult to have boundaries when you're an anxious person. You have, I, I feel like I have too many issues. Am I ever going to be able to set boundaries? Because... <laughs> FOMO, fear of missing out. There's it's so circular because your anxiety really does stem from not having boundaries, but then, it's horrible. But then you, <laughs> but then you have anxiety and you can't set them. <laughs> I know. I could give you. I could give you examples. I I am so. 
I have guilt. I have issues with guilt. I have issues with setting oh, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. So like this, let's say my kid, I'll give you, well, let me give you two examples. Okay, so when my kids were babies, when they were little, I didn't let them out of my sight. I mean, they were in my sight all the time. If my if I was sick, let's say um, it's Saturday and I'm sick as a dog and it would be so lovely to get everybody out of my hair, but I, I would be like, I wouldn't even allow my husband to take kids. They had to be in my sight at all times, even if I was deathly ill. Doesn't matter, because I would have the fear of missing out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That would be the perfect time to set boundaries. Let me lay down. Let me have time to myself. I can't go to the park with you. I can't do anything. I'm, you know, no, I don't want to. Whatever. I should have said been like that, but I couldn't because I had the the fear of if he took them out and God forbid something happens to them. I would feel horrible because I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't watch them. You know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds silly, but it's, it's, I, I wouldn't take care of my needs like I should have. And um, so that's one example. Now as an adult, my kids are older and the same thing. It's like, I should be setting boundaries. Hey mom, can I borrow the car? You know, I should say no, because I need it. I need my car, you know, but I'll give it to them. And you know, because I had a fear like, well, if they take the bus or if they take an Uber or if, if somebody else comes and picks them up or whatever it is, I, if they get into an accident, now the guilt, it would be like, why didn't I just get up and why wouldn't I just let them do it? Why wouldn't I let, why wouldn't I That sounds I a little less, uh, a little less like fear of missing out and a little more like fear of not being, you know, everywhere for everyone at every like time, control, like, like, control. Yeah, like not being everyone's superhero and being all things to all people. Yeah. Right. Right. But that's me not setting like, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, I need to take it's care of myself. Issue. It's a control. It is a control yeah. issue, but is it that that's a question is control and boundary. Like if somebody has a control issue, is that also associated with not being able to set a boundary? Because 100%. Okay, so there you go. That's, totally that's why it's together. so difficult. It's so hard because I don't take care of my needs where I should be resting or I should just right. let them do what they need to do because I need to take care of myself. But I wind up worrying more and that's not taking care of myself. I'm not resting. I'm too busy worried. <laughs> so. a, perfect way of, a perfect way of illustrating how control is tied to boundaries is when you do everything that somebody wants and therefore mm -hmm. you you expect them to treat you the same right yes. we all say i expect people to treat me the way i treat yes. them well if you exactly. would die for them and you mm -hmm. would do you would stop your life and put your life on hold for anything they needed then of course you end up expecting them to do that for you exactly. and when they don't you are oh. pissed Yes. Right. And then there's a control piece there. Like, well, I did it for you. Yes. Why yes. aren't you doing that for me? Mm -hmm. And then you spin into all these, you know, that was your way of controlling them and it didn't work. And then you mm -hmm. spin into, oh, you don't love me, you know, or you don't mm -hmm. care about me as much as I care about you. Yeah. And you go down that dark path that, that yep. you created all by yourself with a lack of boundaries. Right. Exactly. So what do I do? Let's go. Let's fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, In three minutes go. <laughs> you know, the, the way I heard that was, was giving with strings attached, like giving with mm. expectation rather than giving freely because free, free, generous giving has no expectation attached to it. Right. That mm -hmm. means you give freely from your heart, period period. Mm -hmm. When there's an agenda behind it, yes, then, then we set ourselves up to be disappointed, to feel rejected, mm -hmm. to feel unloved or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Chair, whatever lie we want to tell ourselves, oh, they don't love me. Oh, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not worthy enough or um, whatever the lie is that, that we come up with. When we generously give, out of the abundance of our heart, whatever that is, financial, emotional, our time, um, our love, wh whatever it is that we're giving, as long as we're giving within our, within our limit, or within our limits, then we don't feel taken advantage of, we don't feel hurt, we don't feel stepped over, we're able to say, well, that's okay, because I gave it freely. And it makes me think of- like, And it didn't deplete me. That's and the it didn't deplete me. <laughs> And you know, 
when we tie this back to the scriptures, this is very common. And Cheryl, you and I were kind of briefly mentioning this last week with Christianity. You know, people look at the, the way Christ was, you know, a servant, a loving servant, and they go, well, I have to just give and give and give and give and give and give and give because I'm a Christian. Well, no, that's not biblical. Christ was not codependent. Christ uh, did not demonstrate those characteristics at all. When we look at what does Paul say about giving, you know, I'm pulling up a verse here on Google here, um, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I would say that can apply to anything, money, time, our, our affections. But when, when it's tied to an ulterior gain, ulterior motive, well, if I give subconsciously, I'm really hoping for something back. Now we're setting ourselves up for failure because people are going to disappoint us or people are going to um, maybe have a different view of things, you know? Right. You know, I don't think I do it with an agenda though. That's the thing too. It's like for me, I do, I do for people and um, cause I want them to like me. Um, but I know that for me that it, it usually later if it is when I think about it, like if I say, Oh, I need a ride or whatever it is, whatever it is that I need, and they don't fulfill that need for me, then I'm like, like if they put a boundary up, I'm like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> how see, dare they? That's an expectation, Michelle. Well, well that is an expectation. Right after, but not while I'm doing it. Like, that's the thing. It's like, while, I'm, while I do it, I don't say I'm going to do it because they're going to do it for me. It's no, that's, like but that's, do, but yeah. that's why it's a subconscious belief. Mm -hmm. There's a subconscious belief there that I should receive exactly back what I give out. You may receive yep. more, what you give out from others, you may receive mm -hmm. less, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, but the point is it should, our level of giving should not be tied to what we get from others. Cause let me right. repeat that. We may receive more than we give from others. Right. We may at times receive less, but why should that affect what we put out? As right. long as it's from the heart if it's coming from the heart if i give money and that person ever wants to talk to me again okay it's right. from my heart so who cares well i think for me it's not the expect it's i think that i expect them to think like me i think is what it is not exactly. so much like if i give a, if i give a dollar i expect a dollar i it's not that i expect it i just kind of feel like when i do something for somebody i kind of think that I, like they, everyone thinks the same and then i get that's disappointed the they all do. That, that's oh, the okay. issue with boundaries the, that's the, the issue purpose. The purpose of a boundary is to separate, to show how you're separate from others. And so when you don't have any, you, you do live in a, in a, in a fantasy mm. world of thinking everyone behaves the same. Everyone should yeah. operate the same, you know, yeah. if I, and you know, a person without boundaries really thinks that, especially in a relationship, whether it's intimate or a friendship mm. or a family member, the, 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 the thinking is, I take care of you and you mm. take care of me, right? Yes. Rather than the, the healthy way, which is I take care of me, you take care of you. And, you know, and then we kind of compliment each other or help each other out in certain ways. Mm. But, but if you have a belief of I'm supposed to take care of you and therefore you're supposed to take care of me, it, mm. it's going to get very muddy. Yeah. 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 Very well articulated, Cheryl. I, I, I let's slow that down a little bit for people listening. Cause that's key. Mm -hmm. This functional unhealthy way of, of mindset would be like you said, I take care of you. You take care of me. That's that codependent mm -hmm. loop, right? The healthy functional way to see it is I take care of me. You take care of you, but together mm -hmm. we, we can help one another as as we're able to financially, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and so on. Support. I think the, the, a good word for that yeah. is support rather than help because help, help is, is that kind of dysfunctional word where we dive in and, you know, kind of help try to save someone else from drowning and we drown ourselves. Right. Support mm -hmm. is a good word to, to, to use in place of help because support means I'm solid already. And I'm a foundation to support you in your time of need. 
rather than rest. Right. Yeah, for people who, who have right. that connection with the word help as dysfunctional, sure. Like, like um, rescuing. <laughs> yeah, rescuing. Yeah, sure, definitely. Help is not rescuing. So good, yeah. good clarification. And, you know, when we look at the scriptures, even Paul speaks to this. He says, look, the, this kind of giving works because when I have more in my time of abundance, I can help those who have less. And then in my time of need, when I have less, others can rise to the occasion and support me. So it's a, it's a very um, balanced um, approach rather than I'm always on, always saying yes, always serving and ignoring my needs. Like that doesn't work. That, that's a formula for burnout, anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, rejection, anger, mm -hmm. and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. There you go. So how do I teach it to uh, – first of all, I have to learn it. I have, to, I have to get it myself. I have to learn it myself and then be able to teach it to my kids because I, I want them to – you know, they're young, so I, I want them to not have to deal with what I dealt with you know, my whole life. So is it that I have to learn how to do it first or how, you can't how to teach? You can't teach what you don't know. Right. Do I say, so if you're someplace? asking, how do I teach others? You <laughs> right. have to, I mean, you have to know it before you teach it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, first of all, I mean, we, we already talked about it. I mean, you have to yeah. know who you are, exactly. right? How do you define your identity, which may be different for different people? Okay. As a Christian, your answer to who you are is going to be different than an unbeliever. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get clear on who, who are you and, and mm -hmm. what do you stand for? Okay. Um, and that, that can be challenging for some people. And then you also have to know what you need. You have to, mm -hmm. you have to know yourself enough that you need to, you need to know what do you need physically? What do you need emotionally as an individual, which may differ between individuals? What do you need mentally what do you need spiritually and again all of these things are going to the answers are going to be different for different people and they're going to change as we grow our physical needs today are going to be different 10 years from now our spiritual needs w may be different for certain people uh, for all of us as we grow and change 10 years from now you know it, as we grow our needs are going to change so you've got to be able to identify what do you need um, and that's different than a want, right? What I want is different than what I need. If you need to rest, that's different than, well, I, I, I'd like to take a nap, but I don't need one. You say, going back to what you were saying about sometimes needing a break. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, and, to and then, add to that, you need to let go of the guilt associated with things you need. If yeah. you need something, mm. you shouldn't feel bad that you need it. Oh, I do. Yeah. Or that's a big, that's a big feel like you're depriving someone else of something they're entitled to if you don't do mm -hmm. it for them. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, a ton of kind of misbeliefs or false beliefs associated with this that keep mm -hmm. you performing the way you're performing in an unhealthy fashion. Yeah. You know, I had a, a family member ask my brother and I for money to purchase a home. And we felt it was a violation of our resources because this individual had enough money to purchase the home without us helping. And we felt, my brother and I felt that it would be enabling that individual to put our money at risk. Uh, why, mm -hmm. should our, why should we put our money at risk um, when that person has plenty of money? You know, there's no reason they shouldn't have tapped into their own resources to purchase what, you know, this home that they wanted. So, you know, th that would be an example where some people may say, oh, well, it's a family member and I should just do it. If I really love them, I should just do it and not looking at the big picture. And so we said, no, we said no. And it wasn't taken at first well, but we felt confident without guilt that we made the right choice. So I don't know. I just wanted to share that. And, th and this speaks to boundary violators because there are people in our lives that no matter how good you are at setting boundaries, no matter how clear you are at setting boundaries, and no matter how good you are at enforcing boundaries, they are going to violate you. And 
I know firsthand I have people in my life that are by definition boundary violators. They don't care. And it's oftentimes because they themselves, you know, they don't set boundaries for themselves. And especially with narcissistic personalities, you know, it, they don't, they don't recognize others or how what they're doing is affecting others. And it's, all about them, their needs. And so it's, it's one-sided towards them. And so again, that speaks to the need for boundaries so that we protect ourselves from violators. And some of these boundary violators, and I'm sure we all have them in our lives. And if you haven't had one yet, you will. Um, they're really good at making you feel bad. They're really masters at manipulating and making you feel guilty. As you said, Michelle, you feel guilty. And they, they prey on that emotion of guilt. For yeah. some people, a boundary is just a challenge. For some yeah. people, a boundary is just, ooh, let me see if I can get past that line. And that's their goal. Now, how and do you your, your job is to be on your team, not on their team. You, yeah. you have to protect yourself, not worry about where they really want to be how do you know what about like how do you know it's a boundary like how do, how do you know that that person like for me for instance i have a hard time setting boundaries and i have a hard time accepting when people set boundaries because then i think it's me they don't like me they hate me oh my gosh they're so mean to me but they're setting a boundary so how do you know like it's it is a boundary and and it's not something that is you I would ask myself, is this something I'm entitled to? Mm -hmm. I, I like to say, is, or, or, or if you're the one setting the boundary and, and the other person is upset with you, is it something they're entitled to that I should be doing, that I'm, I am obligated to do for them? It, it is, it, is me giving you money something you are inherently God-given right entitled to? No. So therefore, it's a boundary that I am allowed to say no to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now oftentimes, you, oftentimes, Michelle, you're going to project on others the things that you have a hard time accepting for yourself. So if you inherently feel that when you set boundaries with others, you're being mean, then when they set boundaries with you, you're going to interpret them setting boundaries with you as being mean. So it's almost like a like projection. So it, it, it speaks to what Cheryl was saying earlier about healing our beliefs, our inner beliefs around boundaries. If you, and if you subconsciously believe that you're being selfish or mean or rude or unloving or unchristian, whatever it is, by asking for what you need and setting a healthy boundary for yourself, then when others do it back to you because they're protecting themselves, that's how you're going you're gonna to see them. That's how you're going to view them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of works both ways, you know. Yeah, it's so confusing because it's like, that's the thing is like, let's say I, I'm calling somebody, you know, I want to talk to them and they're not available right away. And it's like, but that's them. How, is that them sending, setting a boundary? You know, like, how do I know that they're setting a boundary? Like if they don't give me what I ask for or what I need, like you're saying, ask for what you need. So let's say I need something from that person. I'm telling them what I need, but they want to set a boundary. And, and how do you know it's a boundary? Well, do Michelle, you do don't know. Them? You don't know what another person is doing, what another person's agenda or motive or anything is. Your, your, your goal is to not to find out what they're really doing. Your goal is to address your needs. So, well, my need's not met. For the love of Pete, if my need, my need is not no, met. If, you, if you call me and I don't answer the phone, you have no idea if it's because I'm saying, I, don't, I can't talk to Michelle right now because I need to set a boundary because I need something. Right. Or if I'm just not, or if I just didn't hear the phone. Or she's <laughs> in the shower. Or she's taking a shower. Right. right. So it's not your job to find out what my agenda was <laughs> it's right. your job to say what was your need michelle do you need to talk to me then you leave a message and you say cheryl i really have a have an issue right now that i'd love to talk to you about please call me when you get a chance mm -hmm. and get your need met in mm -hmm. in however however you know however far you can take it on your end right maybe you have to call like, someone else in the meantime <laughs> right. right and then they said about what if everybody's setting boundaries <laughs> 
but, the, but, but, but it has to be realistic. It has to be realistic. It has to be reasonable, realistic, and rational. Okay. If, if you have an unrealistic expectation or need, you can't expect someone to meet an unrealistic need, right? Mm-hmm. I need to have, I need to be hugged 24 hours a day by my husband. Uh, yeah, that's not realistic. Be nice. It's not realistic. Um, you know, I, I, I need to, uh, you know, I'm thinking about someone who hates working, right? I need you to stay home and not work all day. Well, that's not realistic, you know? So, so how do you, how do you not get your feelings hurt? when somebody sets a boundary, how do you not get, I know you're saying not to, it's not about, I guess not about you, but like me, but how do I not get my feelings hurt? And when somebody sets a boundary, that's the thing, because that's why I have a hard time setting a boundary because I don't want to hurt their feelings. So you're right. It goes, it's back and forth. It's that whole mirror can you, thing. Can you step back and, and dissect what's really going on? I mean, if someone says, I can't talk to you right now, I'm resting. I take what, it personally. What, why are you, you know, th- then you have to work on why what someone else does is a reflection of you. Like, yeah, that's right. You know, again, this is without boundaries. You think you're the same as other people. You think everybody should act the same mm-hmm. or behave the, yeah. the same. separation. Michelle, let me ask you this. When yeah. someone calls you, do you always pick the phone up? Or are you uh, always I, I, 100% available? Nine, I would say 90. I'd say nine, if my phone is off, that's the only thing. Like if I don't hear it, if I don't see it, but my phone, I always pick up. I really do. If okay, I, if but you you're, call, not, like, oh, but you're, you're not. admitting that there are times your phone is off. Well, right. right if it's off, you're it's not, off. Or, so you are not, you're not setting realistic expectations for yourself because you're not always available. Always and never are not, mm-hmm. are not, don't make sense, right? You're sometimes available and you're sometimes not available. I have called you several times and you've never picked up the phone. Now, every time you didn't pick up the phone, am I going to say, oh, Michelle hates me? Then like we wouldn't be friends, <laughs> right? <laughs> when you don't pick up the phone, I say she's setting a boundary. No. Now, Michelle, is it true that you hate Stephanie because you didn't answer the phone when she called? <laughs> no. <laughs> if that's not true, then why is it true if she doesn't answer the phone when you call? Because right. I, 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 because uh, I have a very net self. You see I, how I, you don't, you don't. Separate I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's so weird. It's so funny. It's like I, I do that. I, I, I think it. My mind always goes to the. Oh, she's not answering the phone because she doesn't want to talk to me right now. She's tired of me. Whatever. Like I go to the negative. I go to my, you know, my. Well, that's that I rejection. To, that's that rejection. Yeah, it's that up. rejection. I know. Because God, see. See, people that have that rejection, they're over, overly self-focused. Overthink, yeah. Overly yes. self-focused to, to, yes. to a negative. Horrible. So, I need to change this. I want to change which, it. Which then, which then circles back to making you want to be a pleaser more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Gosh, that, this is difficult. <laughs> Boundaries and, are not easy. You, you know what? I, I, I want to add to that. Um, the, the enabling and people pleaser things that, that make people not want to enforce boundaries. I think it's so important for people to understand that helping and enabling and people pleasing actually mm. prevents the other person from growing, from yes. learning, from, from, from figuring out their own solutions. You, you're, you actually, you're actually not being good to this person. That's right. When you please them. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They don't necessarily love you because you're pleasing them. How many of us know a person that we have done everything for and they still treat us like shit or they, or they're not even in our life Mm -hmm. anymore or, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't really like us that much. So, Mm -hmm. you know, doing everything for everyone does not guarantee that they love you and respect you or stay in your life or any of that. Why? Because pleasing someone is not the answer that you're looking for. That's right. And it does not help them grow into mature, independent people either. It actually keeps them bound to you and keeps them dependent on you. So it really all comes back to you as being controlling and, you know, and and having a lack of boundaries. It really has nothing to do with the other person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, Preach. good stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. Preach it. Um, <laughs> Amen. Amen, girls. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, and the more I study boundaries and the more I practice, everything comes down to it. Everything. So it, it almost, I, I have a much easier time coping with life knowing that every single thing that I deal with every single day always comes down to this topic. Always. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could kind of get Ooh. this one thing, you know, you, you probably never get it mastered fully, but you know, if you can really learn how to implement it in your life on a daily basis, yeah. And I would say that as we, as individuals, get better at setting boundaries in our own life and learning how to do it in a more loving way, then we also are able to honor other people better when they set boundaries with us. And we yes. don't jump to conclusions like, oh, they don't love us. I'm not good enough for that person or, oh, they're punishing me or, oh, was that an ultimatum? You know, we don't go there in our minds because we respect that people need boundaries. So just like we need boundaries, others need boundaries. And so as we grow and mature and develop in this area in our own life, I do feel it spills over in us being able to honor and support others when they have to have boundaries in their life. So, you know, and uh, well, I think can we, can we go back to the topic of boundary violators and talk a little bit about what what we can do when we encounter a boundary violator you guys want to spend some time around that sure yeah sure it's a big it's a big one yeah because I'll, I'll kick it off and then just we'll just roll from here but you know i i experience this a lot <laughs> and um see i know, told you <laughs> <laughs> where you know my, boundaries that I set get violated. Um, and so it's really important to that we, once we set a boundary, cause there's phases to this, right? It's first of all, we have to know who we are and know what we need. Then we have to establish a boundary if and when there's a need that arises to do so. But let's say we establish that boundary and the person we've established it with violates it and they violate it over and over again. Well, the next part of this is enforcement you know, enforcing that boundary. So it's not enough to just set it and forget it. You know, uh, we have to also, if it's not respected and it's violated, we have to then enforce it. And the way that looks is, and this is where people get stuck too, because this is where, Hey, I don't want to be mean comes in or that, that negative belief can pop up in our mind because when we say no to somebody or we say, well, we're not available in whatever form that looks and they push back on us and they don't respect that you you've got to have we have to have a consequence if this continues i'm not going to continue this conversation if if you continue to call me i'm going to block your number if um i'm just trying to think of examples off the top of my head but um um whatever uh, you know People say to me a lot of times, what do you do when a person keeps interrupting you when you're speaking? That, that's, a, that's when that comes up a lot. Well, you could say to that person, look, I'm not sure if you're aware, but as I'm speaking, you're interrupting me and that makes me feel unheard. So for me to stay engaged in this conversation, I'm going to ask you to just be more aware of interrupting me so that I know that you're, you're hearing what I'm saying. Do you think you can do that? If the person says, okay, fine, I'll do that, but they don't do it and they just keep interrupting and interrupting, then you escalate it. And you can say, well, look, you know, why don't we table this conversation? You're continuing to interrupt me. I don't want to stay engaged in this conversation right now. Let's revisit it tomorrow, you know, or whatever. I mean, I'm just kind of going off the cuff, but, and remember our boundaries are tailor-made for us. There's no right or wrong boundary. It's, it's tailor-made for you. So you've got to figure out what are you willing to tolerate? What are you willing to put up with? Some people can care less if people interrupt them. You know, I had a friend who used to interrupt me all the time. It didn't bother me, you know. But other people, that really is annoying to constantly be interrupted. So, again, it depends on you as a person and, and what you're willing, you know, willing to put up with. But, again, I just want to make that point. That, yeah. 
you said something so important there because not only is enforcement even more important than a boundary is enforcing it okay but you said something really important even asking the other person now of course it's not about whether the other person you know likes it or not but asking them could you do that here's what i need could you do that yeah. is so important because let them say yes or no Right. Because right. then you could either remove yourself from the situation if they can't follow your boundary or let them say, yes, I can do that. And then when they don't do it, you can go, excuse me, let's stop for a second. You said you could do that. What's the problem? Accountability. Exactly. Right. Accountability. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Right. Because getting agreement from the other person is really important. If they so say, important. yeah, thank you for stopping that and highlighting that. And then because once we get their agreement, now we have something to hold them accountable to. If they say, no, I don't think I can do that, then we have a choice and we can say, well, then I don't think I want to continue this conversation. And again, it doesn't have to be mean. It doesn't have to be aggressive. You don't have to yell at someone. You don't have to put them down. You can just say, you know, this is not working for me. I think I'm going to get up and leave and we could talk about this later, whatever, yeah. you know, I'll tell you this will, this, this learning this, for all of us, this is because it's always some, we're always learning. I've, I've been working with boundaries for years and I'm still learning, you know, it, it never stops. So I, I think people need to realize that you don't get to like a plateau where you're this master boundary setter because, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, never because ends. it never ends because we're always it's changing. It's not a destination. <laughs> exactly. It's not a destination. It's a constant growing, moving, organic process. Because we change, our circumstances change, our resources change, our life. Look at our lives now. We're in COVID on lockdown. I mean, life changes. Um, people around us change. And, you know, may, maybe as we grow, sometimes things that we didn't, we weren't able to tolerate 10 years ago, maybe we're more mature now and we can tolerate it. So we also are growing too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that, with the work that I do, I, I see this being kind of a, a brick wall that people hit. They, they get good at who they are. They get good at, okay, this is what I need. They, they, they even get good at learning how to ask for what they need, but then where they get stuck is, oh man, I thought once I asked for what I need that people would just go, okay. And, and life would be fine. What happens is when people don't say, okay, and people push back and people don't respect them and people don't honor their boundaries. Now what? That's when people now tend to, now, then people tend to go back in a corner and they retreat back into the passive self rather than continuing to assert themselves, continuing to enforce that boundary and continuing to move forward. Even if that person leaves your life, I mean, it could even get to the point where a person may say, you know what? Uh, I can't control you the way I want to. I can't abuse you the way I want to. I can't manipulate you the way I want to. You're not enabling me. So I'm out of here. And you say, goodbye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> which, is, you know? which is the fear. The people who do not enforce a boundary, the fear is, but then the person will leave yep. and go get it somewhere else. That's the fear. That's the fear. But you have to right. take ownership that if you don't enforce your boundary and you don't worry about the consequences of the boundary, whether the person leaves or not or gets it somewhere else, whatever. Um, you can't be tied to that outcome because if you're going to cower and and let your let your boundary down and let them do whatever they want, you're you've lost. You've lost the game of life right there. Yep. And you then can't you're let easily that, controlled. Then you're easily controllable. You you're can't let what they're going to do about your boundary control whether you implement one or not. Yep. And Ooh. the second you let your boundary down is the moment you start feeling every day like you have no control over your own life that people manipulate you that nobody hears you nobody likes you nobody does what you need the whole reason that those things happen is because you don't have a boundary you're right and you're not being clear with others what you need so people can't read your mind you know that's another thing too people think well don't that's they just a big know? thing Will yes they just, Will they just know that's a i'm a big I do that all the time, like with my husband. We get into arguments because I'm like, didn't you know that that's how I was feeling? And he's like, I didn't have a clue. Right. But yeah, it's definitely, I do that a lot. I'm like, 
I, I, I see it. I feel like he's a mind reader or people are mind readers. They should know how I feel. Yeah, I, I get myself in trouble with that. You know, Michelle, I, it, when you say that, it brings me back because that was a block in my mind that I had to work at overcoming. I had that same belief. And that used to bring a lot of anger to me because I, was, I, would, I would read that, you know, I would read that as rejection. I would say, mm -hmm. they don't love me because if they didn't know that about me, then they don't love me. Like that was like a conclusion I was making. Right. And, and it's not true. I'll, I'll give you an example. When I first tuned into this, I was dating someone in college and, you know, my father always taught me that when a, when you stop at a gas station and a man, you know, your boyfriend is in the car with you, he should get out and pump your gas. Like that just, it's an Italian thing. I don't know. That's just what I was taught. Mm -hmm. And so, and so this person I was dating was of a different culture and of a different world. And that wasn't true in his world. And so I was with him at a gas station and I expected him to get out of the car and pump my gas. Because to me, that would mean he loved me. Like, that's how I was looking at it. <laughs> if you should just know, don't all guys know that they're supposed to get out and pump a woman's gas? And I got so mad at him. And mm -hmm. I was like, you don't love me because you didn't pump my gas. And he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He was like, I'm, and I remember my father said to me, he goes, Stephanie, first of all, you don't know that where he comes from, that might not be their culture. That might not be what they think, right? So you have to, and he tuned me in to what we're talking about here, that to think that other people think just like you is part mm -hmm. of the problem. And yeah. someone like me would go, screw you, I can pump my own gas, I don't need you to help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, he okay, was see, screwed in either, direct, either situation. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so it's like, so here's what my father said. My father goes, Stephanie, men who love their women want to make them happy and want to do with what they know will make their women happy. And if you just tell him that that would make you happy, I guarantee you, if he loves you, he'll do it. So you know what? I took his advice. I went back to my boyfriend and I said, in a very nice way, I said, look, I just, I, I became aware of, you know, what I did. And I just want you to know that from where I come from, if a man gets out of the car to pump a woman's gas, that's a, that's a sign of respect. And it would really make me feel good and loved by you if you did that. Do you think you can do that? You know what he goes? He goes, absolutely. It'll never happen again. I'll pump your gas every time. And it wasn't because, because for us, he knew that by him doing that for me meant he loved me. Now for other people, it may not mean that, but for me in my culture where I came from, that was a sign of, Oh, he loves you because he's doing that. It's a respect thing. Right? So all it took, all it took was me just clarifying that and letting him know that he's not a mind reader. Going back to your mind reader thing. It's everything. Yeah. With your husband. Hey, you know, and, and ever since that moment, I, I've taken that lesson throughout my life. And I do it with my husband now. If I ever find myself going like, oh, you know, didn't he, shouldn't he have known that? I stop myself and I go, no, it's my job to communicate to him what's important to me. It's not his job to know what's important to me. And so mm -hmm. you take self-responsibility and you say, it's my responsibility to ask. Now, if you ask and you say, this would really make me feel good and it would make me really feel loved if you make the bed, whatever, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. stupid thing, right? Or whatever it is for, for you as an individual would make you feel good. Um, mm -hmm. And they say no. <laughs> well, now you can talk back to being rejected now. <laughs> but anyway, I got three minutes. Okay. Last, last comments. Last, Michelle, <laughs> what, what stood out for you today? Because you said, you know, this is something you're, you're starting to learn in your life. Uh, what, what did you take away from today? Huh. What did I take? I've got to look at the notes. Uh, what did I take away from today? <laughs> that I am a mess. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of work. No, I feel and like I have um, a lot of work to do. <laughs> definitely, I've I've definitely learned that um, that you know, first of all, that I have to find a strong sense of identity. That's very important in this um, boundary setting. Is is knowing who I am. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, we didn't talk about that being validated. It's like that's a big thing too. It's like I feel like I need to be validated a lot. Um, so yeah, just really, the, I think the identity part is uh, something that I, I need to work on to to um, be able to set 
better boundaries and read the book. I need to read owning and treasuring your life, better boundaries. I need, I really, I had this in my closet. I don't know. I, I, I need to get, get into it and really work on it. So good stuff. And I'm sure I, as I marinate on everything that we talked about, I'll listen to the you know podcast again and I'll, I'll really I, good nuggets. You girls really preached it. You did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> And that's just part one. We could do a part two. <laughs> oh yeah, we could go on yeah. and on. This is good. Definitely, I like this. Is I mean, I feel like we could, we could talk for hours for sure. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the the one area in my life where I'm still struggling with setting boundaries is with my dogs, because <laughs> you know I say I say no, that's your last treat, and then and then oh, yeah. the I can't deal with them. She barks and she barks and she barks. And I go, yeah, you need another treat. Okay. Yeah, okay. Dogs, dogs, dogs just don't Rosco. count. Roscoe. <laughs> Roscoe yeah. needs the boundaries. Dogs don't count. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely. Yeah, dogs, uh, dogs are exempt from boundaries. This is for the recording. This is Stephanie and Sussman. Actually, her boundary is also, she says, I cannot have another Oreo. But I keep <laughs> complaining, and then she says, okay, you can have another one. There yeah. you go. <laughs> He's a boundary viol violator with Oreos. Really? <laughs> I see crumbs, like a trail of black crumbs in the kitchen when, in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, All right, guys. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Right, wrap up. Okay, Cheryl, do you have any other last comments or, or no? Oh, I... I, I do not, there's, because I wouldn't know where to start. Boundaries are just so important. If, if you're lost in life, go to boundaries and Ooh. figure out boundaries because that's the only way you can proceed with your life in a mm -hmm. healthy fashion. If you're protecting yourself and knowing what you need to move forward. Yeah, Cheryl, do you want to say the name of the book and the authors one more time for the for the listeners? So if they want to pick up well, the book. Well, I don't have it in front of me. I know that the name I of the do. book is called Better Boundaries, Treasuring and I Owning Your Life. I just forgot the name of the authors. It's Jen, uh, Jan Black and Greg Enns, E-N-N-S. Okay, and you can get it on Amazon. All right, guys. Awesome. Well, right, have guys. a great day, everyone, and we'll right. talk again soon.